can't organise that. Dad? A packet of wine comes. <laughs> right, if that's made his Christmas. That's sweets and trips. Anything else? You got a T-shirt. Brilliant. Sam, what did you get? Oh, now come on. This is the official announcement then. You got? Let the wife do it. The wife does most of the work, so let her know. <laughs> you got a baby. <laughs> Yes, due in May, isn't it? Yeah, due in May, that's congratulations, great. Well, they all, you know, obviously that's fantastic news and probably most of us are thinking, goodness, thank goodness I haven't had a baby for Christmas. Um, but I haven't heard any really unusual ones, so that I'll have to be down to my husband, right? What was your best Christmas present, Dave? Spending it with you, dear. Now the truth. What, what, which one do you want me to mention? <laughs> the weird one that's going on the roof. Oh, do I have to? Oh my God. I've got a weather station. <laughs> a weather station, right. So that's going to be fixed to our chimney and it's going to tell him what the temperature is, how much it's rained that day, where the wind's coming from, what velocity it is. Goodness knows what else, but yeah, <laughs> occupied for a while. So if you want to know what the weather's doing, you know to ring Dave, right? And he'll give you an up-to-date thing. Well, lots of people give lots of things for Christmas. And um, I know a couple in this church who, I don't know whether it was for Christmas, but they're taking delivery of it next month. They have decided that they're going to have a dog. Could we have the first slide up, please, William? No, the one before, darling. That's it. Hey! Where's an Astrid? are going to get little Harvey on the 19th of January. And um, they have chosen to have a dog, well, just, you know, for Christmas-ish. I don't know whether it was a Christmas present to each other, but anyway. And I'm sure Wes and Astrid, in choosing this gift for each other, have put a lot of thought into it, right? The need to have serious consideration. You need even more of a serious consideration when you're having a baby as a Christmas present, but a dog. And I did happen to mention to them when they told me they were going to get this puppy, I did say, you do realise that you've just moved into a new house which completely needed re renovating from top to bottom, everything. You're having new floors, new sofas... Are you ready for what's going to happen when a puppy comes along? Because it's going to wee and poop all over your floor. It may even chew, chew your new settee. It might get to all sorts of mischief. And they assured me they have things in place. <laughs> yes, that was my reaction as well. Things in place that that's gonna, it's not going to happen. They're, they're happy. And even if it does, they're going to love little Harvey. And Harvey's going to be a part of their family. And I'm sure you've heard it said many a times because they've, they've had to be, have a national campaign of the next slide, please. Because loads of people started giving dogs for Christmas, pets for Christmas. And then come about the second week in January, or not even that... They were finding puppies abandoned on the side of the road. And the, and the phrase was, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. 
Uh, and when the novelty had worn off and it had torn the Christmas tree down and it had, you'd come down in the morning and it pooped all night and it cried all night because it's the first time away from its mother, they decided that dog was not going to be uh, in part of their family anymore. It was for Christmas, but it wasn't for life. Well, I want to talk this morning on God is for life and not just for Christmas. And it's something that... Um, both Bob when he spoke last and Dave on Christmas morning touched on. And it's this. The next one, please. Emmanuel, God with us. And I just want to continue to unpack some of the stuff that, um, that helps us realize that God is for life and not for Christmas. And there's four aspects about Emmanuel, God being with us, that I want to unpack this morning. The first one, with. Emmanuel, God with with us. He came to us and became one of us. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah, uh, in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, declared 760 years before Jesus was born, this was his prophecy, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And then we go 760 years later and in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 1.23, it states, A virgin will be pregnant, she will give birth to a son, and he will be known as Emmanuel, which, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. Mary was the virgin, as spoken in the uh, Old Testament prophecy, 760 years before. Jesus was the son, the son of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, you may think, oh, that's great, but I just want you to try and get your head around the fact that God squeezed himself into human form. And not just human form, an embryo, which became a baby, which became a toddler and a child and an adult. God himself squeezed himself into human form. In Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, in the Passion Version, it says, Jesus existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seeing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. Jesus, God, became one of us, human. Can you get your head around that for a moment? God becoming part of what he originally created. And I want to tell you categorically, I believe in the virgin birth. Now, nobody laughed, right? But I tell you what, in some quarters, and dare I say in some places of religious worship, Christian religious worship, if you said that, you might be looked at, oh, well, yeah, yeah, just one of the old school, you know? We know better than that now. Oh, it's just a story. Do you know, I believe in the virgin birth. God either fertilized Mary's egg or he placed a fertilized egg into Mary's womb. He can do it either way. But if Joseph had been the father of Jesus, then Jesus could not have been God. 
you have to have the virgin birth if Jesus was going to be God. If he wasn't God, then he couldn't have existed before. And I want to read to you where he came from um, in John chapter 1. In the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed. He was with God and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is, nothing that exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness could never extinguish it. That describes Jesus in his pre-incarnate form. He was God. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you read Genesis 1, the whole, all of them were involved in creating the heaven and the earth. Jesus, who became a human being, the Son of God, became a human being, he created everything. How on earth can God squeeze himself into a human? But he did. He squeezed himself into the very womb of, that he created in humankind. He squeezed himself out of time, out of space, and became subject to time and space and physical limitations because God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they can kind of be everywhere and know everything. But the moment Jesus said, yes, I'll go, I will be a baby, I will become a man, I will give myself as a sacrifice, I'll be in human form, that moment that that happened, he was confined to a body, he could only be in one place at one time, he was confined to time. He couldn't skip backwards and forwards and know what was going to happen. He became a proper human being. God with us. Now, medical science has advanced so much that a human egg can be taken out of a female, fertilized by sperm taken from another male, placed in a womb. And medical science has made it so possible that the, none of those people needed to have known or met each other. That's what medical science can do now. And then people have the cheek to say to me, you believe in the virgin birth? If that's what humans can manage over years and time and medical whatever and using their intelligence... We are talking about a supreme being, God. If human beings can do it now, surely God, it was a cinch for him to do. He made the whole world. Um, so, you know, that is just easy for him. But people don't like to admit about the virgin birth. They don't like to admit that God came to earth in human form. And they find it hard to believe why? Because they would have to face up to God choosing to be one of us and be with us. And if they face up to that, they'd have to ask, why would he come? Who's he coming for? And what's going to have to change? And as soon as you start asking those questions, you have to change. You have to respond to God coming. You see, the, 
the importance of the virgin birth is if Jesus was not born of a virgin, if he was not God's son, he was just the son of Joseph, then a sinful man dying on a cross, not being God, is just a man dying for his own sin. But God dying as a sinless man on a cross who has no sins of his own to pay for, paid for my sin and yours. There is the crux of the matter. No virgin birth, no sins forgiven, no salvation. Yeah? And you're thinking, is that really true? Is that really true? It's absolutely true. If Jesus was a son of Joseph, he was an ordinary human being. It wasn't God squeezed into a human form. It was an ordinary human being and therefore he'd be paying for his own sins. But it was God squeezed into a child that grew to be a man that brought the kingdom and the power of God and the message of hope to the world and then hung on a cross, not for his own sins, but for our sins so God could forgive our sins and we could be with him. Emmanuel, God with us to make it possible for us to be with God and God to be with us. I believe in the virgin birth. My forgiveness of sins depends on it. My past and sorting it out depends on it. My present life depends on it. And my hope for the future certainly depends on it. I unashamedly believe in the virgin birth. God, Emmanuel, came to earth, came to be with us. Because after all, we're talking about a supreme, powerful, supernatural being. He is capable of a virgin birth. He has the power. He has the technology. He has the know-how. He made the human body. Of course he knows it all. Of course he can do it. And you know what? We need a supernatural, powerful God, powerful God in our lives, don't we? To do with our own sin, to deal with our own mess, to deal with our sickness, our circumstances, our life and our future. So I'm grateful that he is so supernaturally powerful he could cause the virgin birth because that's the kind of power I need in my life to live life now. I don't want a weak God that we can explain away. I need a God that can face me and my issues and have the power and the knowledge and the know-how and the love and the grace to sort them out. Yeah? That's, that's where I'm at. Don't dumb down the supernatural power of God. We need him to be God. If he's not God, we're all doomed. Right? He's got to be the authority. So that's, that's the first thing about Emmanuel God with us. Uh, God with us. He came to be one of us. The second thing is God will always be with us. You see, when Jesus was on earth... It was kind of like dob your it, you know what I mean? There's only one part of God that can be on earth at the same time because we couldn't cope. So when Jesus was here, he knew he was going to go back to the Father after he'd um, risen from the dead. But he said, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit team, third one in the team, to come and be with you. The Holy Spirit's going to be, I'm going, but the Holy Spirit is coming. And Jesus asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit when he left the earth. In fact, John 14, 16 to 17 said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor, the Holy Spirit, comforter, encourager, advocate, who, Jesus said, get this, 
the Holy Spirit will never leave you. God with us. Okay, Jesus is leaving this earth in his physical body and he's going back to be with his father, but they're sending the next one in the team, which is the Holy Spirit, who's capably everywhere, in everything, and everyone. And he said, Holy Spirit will never, ever leave you. God with us, flipping heck he is. God is certainly with us. The Holy Spirit is sent to lead us and to walk with us. That's his role. In verse 17, it says of John chapter 14, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Leads. I mean, he's not shout and say, oi, turn right, no, no, leads. I'm going on ahead. I'm going with. We're walking together. Holy Spirit, me and you, we're doing this together. That's what he said. Holy Spirit's going to lead you. And in verse 26, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is my representative. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I myself have told you. They work as a team. The Holy Spirit is going to take the words of Jesus to encourage us, to lead us, to guide us down the best pathway for our life. So he'll walk with us. He leads us. And there are several loads of loads of ways that he is with us but i've just picked out four he's with us in times of bereavement psalm 23 verse 4 says even when i walk through the dark valley of death i will not be afraid for you are close beside me god with us in times of bereavement where loved ones are taken from us He's with us in times of testing. Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Jesus uh, said to Peter, he said, Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat, talking to the disciples, and test your faith. But I, Jesus said, I have prayed for you, Peter, the one that keeps putting his foot in it and opening his big mouth. He's the one that kind of, you know, blabs it all out. I've prayed for you, particularly Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Now that tells me that Jesus had spoken to his father, knew, obviously knew he was going to die, knew the disciples weren't going to loads of pressure, talked to his father about this and think, yeah, Peter is kind of, he's not going to handle this, is he? <laughs> he's really not going to handle this. And, and, and so Jesus then took a defense of Peter and he started to pray for Peter so that Peter, when all of this happens to you, your faith is going to remain solid. Okay, he did deny him three times, but he came back and he, he acknowledged Christ again. And I reckon that, because he denied him and came back, that was Jesus' prayers answered because he had prior knowledge that Peter was going to find that difficult and Jesus spent time praying for Peter that his faith would remain. Do you know that Jesus is by the right hand of the Father, it says in, in the scripture, praying for us? He knows your circumstance. He knows the situation you're in. He knows the dead end you think you've got to. He knows your hopes and your dreams and your fears, and he knows all about you, and he is still there praying for you. God with us and the Holy Spirit with us in times of testing. He's with us in financial times. That's a bit of a pun on a, a newspaper. No, nobody reads it. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, 
Stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God said, has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. So if we take our eyes off God and being with him and him being the center of our lives and we put it on the love of money and the love of possessions and just having a great time, then if we do that, we, we walk away from God in that sense because God is saying, as long as you keep your eyes on me, as long as you keep things in perspective and in the right order, that money doesn't become so super important to you, I get chucked out of your life. As long as you put me in the right place, don't worry. I, in, in circumstances regarding finance and provision, and we've heard some of that this morning, I will never leave you. Do ne- I will never fail you, and I will never leave you. God with us. And the fourth one in, he walks in times of is the time of your life. John 10.10 10 says, I, Jesus, have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in all its fullness until it overflows. Now that is worth walking with God for. Life completely to the full. So there are two, two points. God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. He came and invaded our world and squeezed himself into human form. Second one is God will always be with us because Jesus left the Holy Spirit, came and the Holy Spirit is there to be with us all times. Thirdly, Emmanuel, God, get this, in us God in us now hang on a minute you can't get closer than that can you you can be with someone but if you're in someone that's just a whole completely different level 1 Corinthians John chapter 14 verse 17 said Jesus said the Holy Spirit of truth he kept this he lives with you and will be in you now, I don't know about you, but if I have someone trying to coax me and teach me from the sidelines about what to do and what not to do, you know, it kind of can be helpful, but it's a bit annoying sometimes because they're telling me what to do. But if I had that in me, that my central being was desiring to do what God wants me to do, hearing his very voice, knowing that he's leading me, he's in me, that is a whole more positive, better experience, isn't it? The Holy Spirit in us. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. In you. We were made spiritually alive when the Holy, when, by the Holy Spirit when we accepted Jesus as our Saviour. That moment you said, I recognise my sin. Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You were the Son of God. You didn't have to pay for your own sin. You paid for mine. I accept you as my Saviour. Bam! The Holy Spirit starts the work. He makes your spirit, a God-centred bit of you that was dead, he makes it alive. He brings it alive in you. And then when we are given we are given power and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God in us, completely in us. God has taken up residence in every one of you that knows him. That's supernatural. 
And that's Emmanuel at a whole deeper level. God in us. So, God with us. Squeeze himself to human form. God will always be with us. God, Emmanuel, with us is in us. And finally, and I recognize as I was preparing this, this talk that we don't often talk about this. So maybe I'll be doing a bit of study and bringing it later on in the year. I don't know. See what God says. But the fourth thing about Emmanuel, God with us, is Jesus returns to us and we're going to be with him for eternity. How many sermons have you heard on the second coming of Jesus? And it, it struck me as preparing this. Some of you have become Christians from not a, uh, a religious background at all, not a Christian background. You've not really been to church much. And I wondered how many of you, this would be news to, that Jesus came to this earth, squeezed himself into human form, which he still keeps although he can walk through doors, it changed a little bit, walk through walls and things, but he's still in that human form, he can be recognised because he's chosen to stay like that. He is coming back to this earth a second time. Not as a baby, but as himself, as saviour of the whole human race. Emmanuel Jesus is coming back. Now then, just enjoy this bit and laugh at the disciples. I, I, I have to kind of think to myself, what on earth did their faces, faces look like? Acts chapter one, 1, I'm going to read. Verse 8. This is Jesus, just before he's going to be ascended into heaven. But I promise you this, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places of the earth. Right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky, picture their faces. <laughs> oh my word, where has he gone? What, how, how did he do that? Hang on a minute, he's gone. Panic, you know. As they stared in the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. I love this. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, idiots, why are you staring up into the sky? They were still there, didn't they? He's gone. You can't, can't see him anymore. And they're still like, staring into the sky. Uh, angels, I think, must kind of love her. Why did God choose this bunch? They're thickheads. Do you know what I mean? Jesus has told them all that he wants them to do, and they're staring up at the sky. Why are you staring up into the sky, they said. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. Yes. He is coming back. And if you read Matthew, there's lots of things about the end times and stuff like this and Armageddon. Oh, I can't 
I don't care about what order it's all in. All I know, my hope is secured on the fact that that same Jesus in that same physical form is coming back to earth to sort it out. Oh, come on. <laughs> that should make you happy because the bad guys get booted out, man, and he rules and he reigns. And you know what? Do you know what the Bible says? He hasn't come back yet. Because in the next five minutes or five seconds, somebody around this earth has just found him as saviour for the first time and they're going to spend eternity with him. He's hanging on and hanging on and hanging on so that more and more and more and more people can find him as saviour. There will come a time where the father says, that's it, time's up, go get him, Jesus. Go get him, boy. And I'm thinking, Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. But for those of us um, who aren't alive on the earth when he comes back, what, what, will, what will happen? Hmm? Um, let me just read this to you in Psalm 23. In my Bible, the Psalms are at the back because it's only got the New Testament and two Old Testament books. Psalm 23, verse 6. This is, this is what it says. If, we, if people die before Jesus comes back, why would I fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. It's in the Old Testament, and in case you're doubtful, it's also in the New. Listen to this. Those who are alive when Jesus comes back and those who are dead. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. Paul speaking. Beloved brothers and sisters, we want you to be quite certain about the truth concerning those who have passed away, those who have died in the faith, so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who died while believing in him. This is the word of the Lord. We who are alive in him and remain on earth when the Lord appears will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died in the faith. For both will rise together. For the Lord himself will appear with the declaration of victory, the shout of an archangel, and the trumpet blast of God. He will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Then we who are alive will join them, transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air. Get this? And we will be forever joined with the Lord, with Emmanuel, God with us. And so it says, encourage one another with these truths. Guys, he's coming back. If I'm dead and buried or cremated by them, my Bible tells me he'll call for those people first, raise them from the dead, And then those who are Christians on the earth at that time will be caught up to meet him. And this is Jesus coming back with angels and archangels and blasts and trumpet sounds and whatever. No nuclear explosion or army or air force around the world or navy could blast him out the sky. When he comes back, he's coming back. 
Emmanuel, God with us. And he's coming back to say, yeah, we're going with us. We're going to be together, you guys, me and you, for eternity. I'm coming back to sort this world out before it destroys itself. And I'm coming back to take you with me to be with me forever. Emmanuel, God with us. God is not just for Christmas. God is for life. Life, your past life, your present life, your now life, your future life, and your eternal life. Please, this Christmas, when the Christmas tree gets packed away, this little repentance, oh no, just made a mess all over the floor with this hay. This baby represented in this manger, whatever you do, don't pack him away with your Christmas tree decorations. He came to be with us. He came to be in us. He came to give us hope for a future and he's promised to come back to be with us forever. Don't leave him in the manger and put him away. Ask God, and maybe you've never done that. This morning you can say, God, I recognize that Christmas means Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. I want to be with you. I want you in me. I want to be in you. I want to embrace you as Savior. Maybe you've not done that. You can do that this morning. And other people, maybe we need to challenge ourselves. Don't just call on him when you're in trouble. Put him in the center of your life and really start living as God intended. God came to be with us, not to just save us from our sins and save us from an eternity without him. As I said in John 10.10, he came to give us life to the max, to the full. So let's start putting him front and central, foundation, top, bottom, sides, everything. Let's put him in the center of our lives and let's ride 2019 in the fast lane with God. Let's have what, you have to say to him, God, maybe on the 31st you ought to say, God, you said you come to be with us, with me and in me. Okay. What are we going to get up to in 2019 then? I'm with you. Lead the way. Holy Spirit, you're supposed to lead me into all truth. You're supposed to lead me down the best pathway for my life. March on. I'm right behind you. Horizon, we need to say the same. God with us. And I, I love hearing about community. I love hearing about family, how people kind of find this place a home. And, and therefore, you know why? Because that makes God accessible to them. Because, you know, we just love them, we love God, and hopefully they'll discover that love for themselves. But you know what? This doesn't satisfy me. Okay, we've got a nice church. Okay, let's just settle down. Clues in the name, horizon. We ain't staying where we are. We're continually looking to what God's got for us in the future and moving towards that. And horizon, we need to say, God, you're with us. You started Horizon. You're still here. You've still got a future with us. Lead on, Holy Spirit. Build your church. Let's have more impact on this estate. Let's have more impact in the London Borough of Sutton and in other nations and organizations that we support and we serve and we give money to. Holy Spirit, lead on. We're right behind you.
God with us. Let's pray. Jesus, we are definitely and will be eternally grateful that you squeeze yourself into a human womb, however you got there. And that's probably one of the conversations I'd like to have when I get to heaven. One of my questions, was it a fertilized egg or was it Mary's egg? I don't know, but I'd like to know. But anyway, we, however you got there, we believe you got there. We believe you're there for a reason. And we thank you that you are our saviour. We are so grateful that you, Emmanuel, came to be with us. And God, I want to pray right now for anyone who's saying, God, I want you to be with me and in me for the first time. And if you're saying that, then you just say to, just say to God now, God, I want you in me. I want to give my life to you. I want you to be my saviour. I want to start walking life with you. Just say to God in your own own way just say that to him now but for the rest of us that have done that Lord we do want to say you're still with us and Holy Spirit we welcome you that you are with us please make us more supernatural this next year as a church as individuals God set the pace set the pace for us because if you start walking and we walk behind you we're with you You've come to be with us. We're saying we want to be with you. Set the pace. We're running. And we pray, God, whatever you've planned for our lives individually here, whatever you've planned for our church, God, bring it on. Set the pace, God. We want to be with you. We thank you that you made that possible. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if this morning you've made that prayer in your heart to say, God, for the first time, I want to be with you, then... You just come and grab me at the end and say, I prayed that prayer because we want to just be able to pray with you and maybe just uh, give you some literature or something to help you in your new life journey. The journey of your life is about to start if you've made that. So, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you. We talk a lot about being with God, don't we? But actually, God's with us. Isn't that amazing? So wherever you go, you take him. That's the truth, isn't it? So you are taking God's presence into the world in which we live. Into your home, your family, your workplace, your street, the shop that you shop in. Whatever you do. The world will see Jesus, God with us. And sometimes we're the only Jesus that this world ever sees. What a responsibility, but what a joy. Because God is with us. I'm going to pray. Father, we just want to pray for the rest of this week as families may get together, as people may feel alone as people celebrate the new year and look forward to it. And Lord, as we just come before you now, we thank you that there is a greater dimension upon our lives, 
not because we're better than anybody else, but because God is with us. And so, Lord, as we reflect and thank you for what you've done, as we thank you for where we are, and as we look in faith to the future, we pray that you'll help us to take you with us into this coming year, that we as a church will, Lord, shine out Jesus in this community that you in our individual lives will just go deeper and deeper and help us to draw deeper into you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time. And we give ourselves to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There is tea and there is coffee. And also, just to let you know, um, I think uh, the, uh, the Nativity film last week was something of a hit. Um, it is available now on YouTube. Uh, you can get it. I believe if you look up, is it Horizon Church Sutton Nativity? And if all else fails, contact the fount of all knowledge, computer-wise, called Astrid. All right, but uh, that's what you can do. It is available, and uh, yes, share it. Because Actually, if you share it with people that weren't there or who aren't even interested in Christianity or Christmas or anything, it's got to give them a laugh, hasn't it? Eh? Bless you. Have a great week. And see you, see you next year. Wow.